0: Hello and welcome to Banfield, everyone. We begin tonight with an answer to a question that we've all been asking since the news broke yesterday about the death of Ivana Trump. How on earth could she have died so suddenly at just age 73? Well, late today, the New York medical examiner released a ruling on her death. They say that the first Mrs. Donald Trump died by accident. But the circumstances are much more mysterious and much more sad Medical examiner determined that Mrs. Trump died of, quote, blunt impact injuries to the torso. The New York Times and others are reporting that Mrs. Trump may have fallen down the stairs at her Upper East Side Manhattan apartment. Medical examiner's office won't comment, but is likely still looking into how and why Ivana Trump died that way. There has been plenty of speculation, however, as friends and family of Ivana Trump Try to process why a healthy former Olympian at just age 73 could have died so suddenly. Joining me now, Rob Shooter. He's a former PR agent who now hosts the podcast Naughty But Nice. He has followed Ivana Trump for decades. And Paula Frola is our senior story editor at the Banfield Show. She spent years as the editor of Page Six at the New York Post and covered Ivana Trump extensively. All right, uh, to the two of you, this is such sad news. And we were all really surprised and very saddened by you know this story yesterday. No one was expecting that Ivana was going to die so soon. But Paula, The Post is uh, reporting a lot of unique and interesting details in the lead up to discovering Mrs. Trump. What are they saying?
1: Well, they're saying basically that the last time anyone actually saw her was Wednesday night when she left her apartment to go get soup from her favorite restaurant, Altizi. She goes back. Everyone thinks it's normal. And then on Thursday, her home health aide and her housekeeper knocked on the door no answer. They called her, no answer. So they called the super. The super couldn't get in because the door was double locked. So they got the maintenance guy to finally open the apartment and that's where they found her at the bottom of the stairs. She had a uh, spilled cup of coffee next to her. And it's just so sad.
0: It's extremely sad. And, and Rob, you know, I'm assuming that the tributes are going to start pouring in pretty soon, but um, but Ivana Trump was beloved uh, and she is a, a fixture of the New York scene a fixture of the New York tabloid headlines. That's for sure. What are some of the other stories that are circulating right now about everything that led up to this, including the incident itself?
2: Yeah, people are just shocked by this. I can't imagine. I can't remember a time in New York when she wasn't around. Her husband went off to Florida and also to to DC. Her ex-husband. She stayed here. She was a New Yorker. She was here during the pandemic. And I think you have to remember that before Paris Hilton or even Kim Kardashian, she was in that space. And to be that famous with no social media back then, the way she did it is by going out every single night. She was at all the parties, the charity events. It didn't matter if there were fancy events like the Met Ball uptown or even drag bars on the Lower East Side. She would be there pretty much every night. So I think she touched so many different people in New York and today. We're all feeling a little bit sad about that.
0: And then, of course, you know, we didn't see her for a while, but when Donald Trump, uh, you know, became the occupant of the Oval Office, the news broke that she had a regular open phone line uh, to the Oval Office that was true she spoke with him regularly he offered her the ambassadorship to Czechoslovakia her native country she said no she wanted her life to stay as it was but Paula there are some reports that her health uh, may have been failing some of her friends reporting that she had a terrible hip problem which we're, we're trying to put two and two together as to why she might have fallen if that's indeed what happened but what do we know about that well
1: you know here's the deal Ash for the last couple years, she's only been seen in photographs holding onto an arm of an aide. And as we all know, once you get to a certain age, it's like Judge Judy always said, it's the falls that'll get you and you have to be real careful. Now, listen, I've been on the boat, but I do know that Rob Shooter has been in the house. And Rob, you were telling me a little bit about what those stairs were like.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're, they're treasurer. So it really is an old, old, it's a magnificent building. She has the entire, entire townhouse. It's worth multi-millions of dollars. However, it wasn't as renovated as up to as up to speed as what you might think. So now people are speculating too. Those, those stairs were always very dangerous too. The carpet on those stairs were a little bit worn too. She was having trouble with mobility. So we're putting it all together. And obviously the outcome is something that nobody, nobody wanted.
0: No, no one expected either. Paula, um, you know, we, we didn't escape the images of her youngest son, Eric, who was outside the apartment in New York City out on the sidewalk um, yesterday. I mean, it's really just heartbreaking to think that, that the three kids would get that news. And, and I think Donald as well, getting that news would be um, really tragic. But Eric was pretty close to her. Oh, yeah.
1: Eric and his wife, Laura, were out there immediately. And by the way, I bet Donald's pretty devastated. She was his confidant. I mean, yeah, she was pretty mad at him right after the divorce, but like a year later, they were back to being buds and raising those kids together. And he talked to her all the time. And she was kind of the one who knew him when, who built him. And he really respected her judgment. And she called him on everything, and he took the advice. She was literally the only person he would listen to at the time.
0: One of the things that Eric said out on the sidewalk to the reporters uh, who were all there, obviously wondering what, how could this have happened, uh, all he would say is that it was a very sad day, which is an understatement for a, a youngest son. Um, so, so they're saying no foul play, uh, they're likely, you know, investigating somewhat further until this this case is closed and perhaps it'll stay a, a family matter. But do we know anything yet about how um, Ivana will be memorialized? It's just hard to believe that there isn't going to be something really big for the woman who was the Plaza Hotel, for the woman who was the front page of the New York Post and the Daily News for decades. Um, what do we know about uh, plans to memorialize her?
2: We don't know anything yet. I spoke to her longtime publicist just a few hours ago and nothing has been yet finalized. But you're absolutely right. She wouldn't want to go out without a big fanfare, without lots of celebrities. Her favorite drink whenever I was with her, she always drank Vertically Klo. So I imagine there's gonna be lots of that pause. So I think there'll be a fitting- What did what
0: did you say? What what was yeah, the drink that yeah, she drank you it's said? Very-
2: Fancy champagne, Veuve No, you have to say
0: oh, Veuve Tricot, That <laughs> accent of yours, I couldn't hear. I suppose it would stand to reason. Veuve Clicot, a very fancy champagne with a fancy name for a woman who sometimes gilded the lily. I'll be honest. I mean, she literally. By the gilded way, she literally the gilded the lily literally. in many of the really hotels th- and
1: apartments. Oh.
0: <laughs> Yeah, there was there was a lot of gold in the Trump apartments uh back in the day. And and Rob, for those who didn't see the show last night, we we took a tribute down the memory lane of the of the headlines of uh mm. Donald and Ivana Trump. And listen, it was that it was the height of glitz, the height of glamour. They were the 80s power couple, 80s 90s couple. And then this happened, the the famous split between them when he cheated on her with Marla Maples and it was literally played out in those tabloids. Relive that just as a as a summary for those who didn't see it last night?
2: It was an amazing time. So each of them took a different newspaper here in New York. There's two newspapers back then. They're still around today, but they were much more powerful back then. And every day it felt like they were going at each other on the cover of, of these newspapers. It was delicious, like you would wake up in the morning and you'd want to know what the other one was saying. This went on for months and months and months. And then after it was over, she didn't go away. She reinvented herself. She went on QVC. She started a skincare line. She started her own jewelry collection. She was believed to be worth about $100 million in her own right after the divorce. So people are even saying that she was out there doing things for women that maybe hadn't been done before, at least to this sort of degree. So she never ever went away and as paula said it was remarkable only she could remain friends with a man that came at her in the tabloids over and right. over and over again they remained friends in fact her last wedding her fourth wedding was at mar-a-lago it was at his estate he gave her away which, which is was, crazy
1: it was very so, woody allen you know let's oh, fight well, in the courtroom right. well, and have quite. dinner That's at
3: night true.
0: <laughs> not, not quite what Allen, but 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 Paula, I, I do want you to answer to one thing, and we have to wrap it up, and mm-hmm. that is that at the beginning of the Trump presidency, um, you know, the the big tabloid story was that um, Ivana said that she was the real first lady, and that was a pretty uncomfortable comment, and Melania had to deal with that. Do we know how Melania is dealing with this? Has there been boo? Has there been any? leaked information any you know sort of page six insider information about how melania has handled the death of someone who donald clearly uh, still cared for deeply
1: so here's the deal we don't actually know but i can tell you what i would bet and i would bet it would be just another day for her uh, melania and ivana were diametrically opposite ivana was fiery she was feisty she was speak your mind melania is very icy cold you know, and they were never friends, they, they were not yeah. friends. Right. Also, because Melania was a little ex-husband's, bit
0: jealous, uh, new wife. But that's that's not normal, you know. To be friends with your ex-husband's wife uh, isn't usual. But but like I said, I am. I think it's normal. But I can understand how it could be testy. There were a lot of ex-wives too. Um, <laughs> thank you to, to both of you. You know, I want to put a couple pictures up just as we say good, goodbye to this topic of, of Ivana Trump because we really just we lived her through pictures. So if our control room could just put up a another couple of pictures of Ivana, just to, just to sort of say, you know, how. Sad this really is, that we lost her at 73 years old. And I do want people to remember that she was an Olympian. She was a downhill ski racer, which was why I loved her. She was an Olympic downhill ski racer for Czechoslovakia. That's how I bonded with her uh, during one of our interviews. Um, but she was also just a really tough cookie. So, Rock Shooter, thank you for like, your insight. Yeah.
1: I hope she goes out like Joe Rivers huh? on, like, a big parade down Fifth Avenue. Right. Maybe some drag queens in, in the bunch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Rob, I'm going to say, no, uh, I'm going to say happy sure, weekend you, to you, you and happy Friday. And, and thank you for being here. Uh, Paula, I'm going to ask you to stick around. Uh, we've got some work for you to do a little later in the hour. Thank you to you both. You got it. All right. I'm going to turn our attention to a uh, secret that Victoria probably wished would never be let out of the bag. For more than a decade, Victoria's Secret was one of the most famous brands in the world. In the 1990s and early 2000s, it was the country's best-selling lingerie line. The catalog was full of the most famous models in the world. And an annual runway show attracted the biggest names in Hollywood and in music. But it turns out there was more to the name Victoria's Secret than we knew because the company really did have disturbing secrets. Some we've heard before about body shaming and ageism, but others we're just learning about now, including sexual harassment, toxic working conditions, and most shockingly of all, perhaps, an intensely close personal relationship between the company's former CEO, Les Wexner, and deceased pedophile and serial rapist, Jeffrey Epstein. According to Hulu's new documentary, Victoria's Secret, Angels and Demons, in the 1980s, Wexner turned over control of his entire multi-billion dollar fortune to Epstein. He gave Epstein power of attorney over his affairs, very strangely, and Epstein used that wealth and clout to build his own fortune, and as it turns out, to lure young women who dreamed of being Victoria's secret models one day. Wexner reportedly was informed of Epstein's lurid behavior with his models all the way back. In 1993, but the Victoria's Secret CEO did not officially end his ties with Epstein until a decade and a half later, 2007. But by then, obviously, the damage had been done to the angels want to bring in someone who has been very vocal about her problems with Victoria's Secret over the years. Robin Lally is a world-famous model who has appeared on the cover of the biggest fashion magazines around the globe. In 2019, she was the subject of the Marie Claire article that was entitled, Is This the Woman Who Brought Down... Victoria's Secret. Robin, thanks so much for um, for being with me tonight. I suppose none of this most recent reporting in the Hulu documentary comes as a surprise to you. What do you remember from your days at the company?
4: Um, Jeffrey S. Epstein's creepy gaze <laughs> on really? many different nights. Yeah, like, you know, the guy would get drunk all the time and be hitting on the girls. So <laughs> I'm just shocked that it was, like, kept kind of, like, closed behind door, like, behind, like, closed doors, because it was so, like, open within the industry, like, and you had to kind of, like, become his friend to be, you know, in the show, so, you know, I'm just kind of happy that it's kind of finally out, and that we don't have to force these young girls, because they're teenage girls, to go, cast with these creepy men uh i don't know why it happened for so long and i'm glad it's finally come down so so robin it's it's breaks my heart to hear this
0: that you and your fellow victoria secret models um just kind of had to live with it that you didn't feel like you had any power to to sort of get an upper hand on a man like that that he literally had this strength over you, even though he wasn't part of the company. He was just Lex, 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 Westner Lex, Westner's that's a hard name to say, uh, Lex Westner's friend. So when everything did happen with with Jeffrey, when when the, the legal, you know what hit the fan. Did you feel like you couldn't even speak out then because the, the young women who were part of the uh, criminal cases had it so much worse off?
4: Yeah, and it was more because um, you were trying to build your career as a model. And if you said anything um, about anyone and you had to cast with certain people and uh, Wexner had the whole L brands. So he didn't just own Victoria's Secret, he owned Lane Bryant, he owned all the jewellery brands, he owned like every brand that you could possibly think of. So you couldn't actually say anything to anyone because then you wouldn't be casted, you know, you wouldn't work. Lady, <laughs> you'd lose your career. Um, and if you talked... You know, like I'm talking, people would just shun you. You know, you would get shunned by New York City, um, as you know, pretty fast. Um, I've experienced it, too, but you know, I have a daughter, and I'm not letting that happen to my daughter. And I'm not letting Jeffrey Epstein look at her like he looked at me or looked at other girls, you know, because he did. And I've experienced it. I've experienced this whole, you know, 2000 and you know, fourteen, fifteen, when Victoria's Secret was at its, you know, peak they were casting like they were and the girls were starving themselves. Like they were starving themselves. It was ridiculous. And I think Savage Fenty's, you know, way of showcasing bodies and in, including diversity and making women feel good about themselves is just highlighted such an, an amazing way to do it. And I think that's the way we should be doing it. And, you know, I think women are realizing it now and you've got to vote with your wallets basically.
0: Can I ask you a question? As we look at some of those runway models, and listen, I was a consumer of Victoria's Secret products. I watched that annual show, which now is defunct. That annual fashion show doesn't happen anymore. They look so happy, the models. They're coming out on the runway and strutting with such confidence and beauty. And that's what the image was for us, the consumer. What was going on behind the scenes
4: backstage? starvation <laughs> you know like working out every day like more than you could possibly think i mean the models this was the 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 top of the top this is with money where, where sorry where the money was the most you know like this was the end of your career basically in a good way you know victoria's secret um managed to build itself somehow because the lingerie brands usually weren't like that you know designers were like that, but a lingerie brand became like that. And um, I, for some reason, everyone wanted to be on that catwalk and they would do anything to their bodies to get on that catwalk and dangerous things to get on that catwalk. And the girls, unfortunately were young, manipulative, you know, teenagers. I was like 21 at the time. And, you know, half the time we were drunk in New York city. So it was very easy to manipulate the girls and it's hard when you see these, this, this, the A-list
0: celebrities that, you know, were brought out to be a part of these shows. We're just showing the pictures of all the famous acts that would be part of it. And we're seeing the incredibly successful models who, you know, got to be a part of the Victoria's Secret family. It just never occurred to any of us out in, you know, consumer land uh, that the models were unhappy and that they were being, you know... Um, ogled over by jeffrey epstein and i suspect knowing what jeffrey epstein did over and over as a serial rapist and pedophile that it wasn't just um ogling i'm sure it was a hell of a lot well, more for for some of your colleagues
4: i thought you know the body type was really particular and i used to you know speak out about that really particular body type that they would just use and they never changed you know they kept to that particular body type and they're only changing now for money, you honey, you know, that's the only reason why they're changing is because people are finally waking up with their wallets. You know, if you want diversity, you vote with your wallet. So I think people have got to realize that you have the power, you know, don't vote for this bullshit, basically. So, I don't know. I like, and
0: diversity I isn't just in color fun. either, right? Diversity is in yeah. size, shape, sexuality. It's, it, it's runs the, it runs the gamut and age. Thank you. As a nearly 55-year-old woman, thank you for that. Um, Robin, thanks so much. Thanks for coming on and, and thanks for speaking out early because you were one of the first uh, who came out a long time ago before this documentary. And thanks for telling us uh, the truth about what, what was really going on. And I hope you're good. And good luck to your daughter, too. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Bye bye robin lally joining us live from new york city tonight and still to come that epstein connection for a serial sexual abuser there was an awful lot about victoria's secret to like but what did the company ceo see in epstein and more importantly what did the company ceo allow epstein to do to his models that's next Welcome back. His name became famous when Jeffrey Epstein became famous. And that is not a good thing, considering Epstein became most famous for being a serial rapist and pedophile. But the CEO of Victoria's Secret, Les Wexner, is coming under serious scrutiny after allegations surfaced that his Victoria's Secret company was full of a lot more devils than angels. I'm joined now by two people who know a lot about both men. Vanessa Gregoriatis is a journalist and the co-host of the podcast, Fallen Angel, which explores the history of Victoria's Secret and the actual secrets surrounding the brand. And Barry Levine is the author of the book, The Spider, Inside the Criminal Web of Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Welcome to both of you. So, Vanessa, let me start with you. Um, I suppose it, since you know so much about Les and Victoria's Secret and also Jeffrey Epstein, all of the, the secrets that are being unraveled uh, in this Hulu documentary, they don't come as a surprise to you.
5: No, not really. And, you know, to be frank, a lot of people in New York have known a lot about this for a very long time. Um, you know, their relationship was always remarked upon as extremely strange. I mean, it seemed like it was very symbiotic, where Wexner had a lot of wealth, and Jeffrey had a lot of social connections and the two of them together were really like out and about in society. I mean, I, I think it, it, it's thought that, you know, Jeffrey Epstein had about four hundred million dollars that is attributable to Wexner.
0: So what doesn't make sense, Barry, is why would a guy like Les Wexner uh, feel the need to ally with a guy like Jeffrey Epstein, who, by the way, back in the day was nothing more than a math teacher without a university degree. He sort of faked his way into being this empresario in Manhattan, and he couldn't do what he did if it weren't for Les's money and power. Why on earth did Les give Jeffrey all of that money, all of that power, and the power of attorney?
6: You know, that's the question we've been trying to answer all of these years. Um, you know, back to uh, the time... When, by chance, Jeffrey Epstein was on a plane, he met a man who was a close associate of Les Wexner. And what Jeffrey, yeah, was absolutely, he was a two-time college dropout. He worked uh, briefly as a, uh, a prep school a teacher here in New York, had a very quick and failed uh, career as an options trader at Bear Stearns in, in, uh, on Wall Street. Uh, he was not a guy that you would trust you know, th- that I would trust with uh, a couple hundred dollars, let alone a couple, couple billion dollars. However, he was a great talker. He would gush about the uh, science and uh, the arts. And he chewed this guy's ear off, who knew Les Wexner. Les set up a meeting with him. And Jeffrey jumped on a plane from New York to Ohio, Columbus, Ohio. And Wexner was blown away. Uh, here was a guy who, you know, talked the talk. He was from Brooklyn, like uh, Wexner's mom, Bella. Um, there was an instant attraction on uh, Wexner's part that this was a guy who could help him. Now, how much Wexner really knew about Jeffrey re- remains to be seen. I mean, you know, in my investigation for my book, we knew that, that uh, uh, Jeffrey... Um, uh, got involved with arms traders, uh, arms dealers. Uh, he was uh, taking money on the side. Uh, I, I do know that Wexner's people around him at the time said, this guy isn't a right fit. However, Wexner vetoed all that and took Jeffrey on as his money manager.
0: And, and what's bizarre um, is that, you know, there are all sorts of allegations that uh, Epstein was blackmailing Wexner, that there may have been a, a gay relationship between the two. No one's ever been able to really prove any of that out with, you know, hard, solid evidence. But let me just uh, say what Wexner has, has released as a statement regarding all of this. He says, at some point in your life, we are all betrayed by friends. Being taken advantage of by someone who is so sick, so cunning, so depraved is something that I'm embarrassed I was even close to. But that is in the past. I dare say, Vanessa, it's not in the past because now this documentary's out. The connection to Victoria's Secret, which is a brand that's just indelible for most of us, um, makes this story a today's story. What is the worst thing that's being alleged happened to those Victoria's Secrets models um, at the hands of Jeffrey Epstein and others in the company who may have been of his ilk? Well,
5: you know, we do know that Jeffrey was pretending to be a scout. He was pretending to be a Victoria's secret. Scout and asking, you know, at least in a couple of cases, asking women to take their clothes off because he was going to assess if they could become models for this company. Right. And we know in at least one case, we have somebody who said that she told people high up at Victoria's Secret that this was going on. You know, I think that there is generally a thought that there there was some distance between Wexner, who spent most of his time in Ohio, and a lot of the models were mostly in New York. You know, so nobody has really alleged that there was any interplay between Wexner and the models that was, um, you know, inappropriate. But what people do think is that Wexner turned something of a blind eye to whatever... Was going on within you know the uh, the subcontracting you know environment of modeling where these women have really no uh,
0: rights whatsoever. To- well, 1993, I think 1993, the first allegations were raised and passed on to the brass uh, at Victoria's Secret that uh, that Epstein was a creep, that he was doing these things, and it took 15 years. 15 years before no, Les Wexner decided to sever ties with that guy. Just one, one last thought, Barry. Um, sometimes when these news stories break, more women feel empowered to come out and say what happened to them. That's what happened with Cosby. That's what happened even with Donald Trump. A lot of allegations came out um, as others came out. Sometimes it's people looking for fame. Other times it's people saying, I, I feel powerful now because there are others. What do you suppose is going to happen here?
6: Well, I, I do know this. You know, the, the, the uh, you know the onion is beginning to peel in the sense that we finally, because of this documentary, have an acknowledgement from Les Wexner that he was informed in 1993 that Jeffrey was posing as a scout for Victoria's Secret. He claims that his his people claim that Les uh, took Epstein aside, made it very clear to him that that had. Uh, t- had to stop immediately. However, uh, two years later, uh, uh, two or three years later, uh, Jeffrey is still using the Victoria's Secret uh, scam. Uh, he attacked a model in Santa Monica, California. She try- tried to file a police report back in New York. It didn't go anywhere. She contacted the FBI. Uh, a year after that, uh, a, a woman named Maria Farmer was attacked uh, by uh, Jeffrey and Ghislaine Maxwell on in the guest house on Les Wexner's property. Right. Wexner. And that began
0: a, a lot Wexner. of the dominoes that that led to the to the federal case. I have but to Wexner's wrap it there. But, it, you know,
6: didn't you know anything about but, it, which is amazing.
0: Right. And I think what's critical in all of this is that, you know, statutes and limitations can often um, play ugly in, in people who are looking for justice in all of this. But sometimes they don't, depending on people's ages. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, thank you both. Really appreciate you coming on. Vanessa Gregoriadis and Barry Living. appreciate your time. Thank you. Still to come, my Friday night panel takes on a hit that was really a miss because, I mean, come on, who hires a hitman on the Internet? A six-figure gift for the nerd who has everything and a woman who wasn't content to give her boyfriend her heart. So she threw in her kidney as well and then he threw her out. It's news you may have missed, but we caught it and we're serving it up next. Inflation is hitting us all hard, not just here, but around the world and not just people, but otters and penguins too. Don't take my word for it. An aquarium in Japan uh, tried to switch out the horse mackerel that its otters and penguins were used to eating with a less pricey fish, thinking that, yeah, they probably won't know the difference. And it turns out they totally knew. Take a look.
1: Sabaを今、餌として使うようにしています。Sabaはいらないみたいです。なんとか食べてもらおうと試みますが。
5: いや、
0: spitting it out. I love the Japanese news network adding the sound effects. <laughs> Joining me with their thoughts on this and more news that you might have missed. Pete Dominic is the host of the podcast Stand Up with Pete Dominic. Caitlin Becker is a senior reporter at DailyMail.com. And with Home Field Advantage, uh, Paula Farolik is back. She is the Banfield senior story editor. Okay, so Pete, I'm going to uh, send this one to you. That one looked like me trying to give medicine to my dog. <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, listen, I don't I can translate for both the porpoise and the penguin here. And what they're saying is, no, oh, with this horse mackerel, who named this? I don't want anything named horse mackerel. I'm a porpoise Give me fish. What a ridiculous name. I, I totally justified.
1: Wait, you know what? I P- hear you. I actually felt like that video was from inside my house when I tried to give my dog Doug some new food because, you know, he was used to this new gourmet food. And I was like, this is expensive, Doug. I'm going to give you some other food. You won't know the difference. He did. He didn't eat for never, five
0: days. I've never You're seen a dog actually, a dog. you know, ch- d- did oh. refuse new food. It's just medicine. Doug but became this one, this
1: dogorexic. One. It was weird. <laughs> okay, guys,
0: I, wanted, I want to, um, you like the penguins? I, I like the way the they were boys. behaving. No cheap
7: fish. No cheap fish. I don't want cheap sushi. <laughs> no cheap fish. I would have spit it out, too. I'm with
0: them. Well, they are in Texas. All right, I'm going to take you to a galaxy far, far away right now. A couple of pieces of Star Wars memorabilia are going up for sale next week in Dallas. And the Nerdiverse is going to quake over this. An original Star Wars Stormtrooper helmet. And a blaster from Star Wars uh, from Episode Four, A New Hope. Those are both up for auction, July 22 and July 23. Caitlin, do you have a spare $300,000 for the helmet? If I had a spare
7: $300,000, I promise you what I wouldn't buy, and it's this helmet. I had to ask my husband if this was even from one of the good Star Wars movies, because this is not my brand of nerd. And he said if he had the money, he would 100% buy this Ridiculous helmet. Starting well, bid at like three three hundred thousand dollars starting bid, and that doesn't starting. include the whatever the other thing is with it. I don't How know that if that's thirty five thousand.
0: It's definitely you, yeah. if you on want lines. the yeah, if you want the original lightsaber of Obi Wan Kenobi. That starting bid is a hundred thousand. That goes on sale the next day. Is that up your
3: alley, there, Pete? Yeah. Now that's reasonable. <laughs> <laughs>
1: How is a lightsaber <laughs> less expensive than a helmet? Is there like some weird Star Trooper DNA on that helmet we need?
0: I think it's I rare. Know. I
1: think there's only a few of
0: them, and maybe there's more of
7: the other things.
0: I think you're right. But the whole thing just, I, I find shocking. Shocking, I tell you. Okay, real quick, I want to take you to jolly old England. Uh, it's Grove, England, to be exact. Small village with a population of about 20,000. And what you're about to see is as shocking uh, as it is unnatural. It's actually how natural selection came into prominence. A uh, bunch of kids, yeah, just dancing. On railway tracks and just wait for it because it's not just that they're dancing on railway tracks. They're actually trying to make a name for themselves and get good photos because this has been happening a whole bunch. That's how close they are to the speeding trains. They're taking pictures for social media. I mean, honestly, Paula, if there was anything um, a parent could do to stop this, I don't think they could.
1: OK, uh, there's several things that come to mind. Number one, the term self-asside. Which is an actual term now of people who die during selfies. And the other thing is Darwinism. I mean, at this point, come on. How many times it's the number one lesson you
0: learn as a kid? Don't play on the tracks.
1: I, I up with say you to them.
0: every time I see that that train uh, come scooting by, it just gives me the willies. All right, I'm going to fit in a quick break, but when we come back, on a couple of other things. Remember, I told you about the rent-a-killer thing. If you're browsing online for um, a hitman, uh, you're an idiot, and you're going to. Meet your best friend, the other idiot, because that's what she allegedly did in a moment. To your Belinda, California now, where a 30-year-old account exec named Colleen Lee is probably having second thoughts about donating her kidney to the love of her life so that she could save his life.
5: I win)
0: Yeah, because just seven months after the operation, he decided to cheat on Colleen at a bachelor party, and apparently he broke it off, hung up on her, and then blocked her. Caitlin, there are actually people like that. If I had to rank the
7: worst breakups ever, this might be up there, when I was researching this story, too, at one point, she wanted to talk it through and was going to take him back because she is apparently the nicest human being who's ever lived. And he didn't want to talk it through and just wanted to sit down and read the Bible. I can't promise that I know everything that's in the Bible, but, then but I months promise later... you taking a kidney and cheating is not in there.
0: It's not. A, yeah, it's definitely not in Deuteronomy. Uh, apparently, a couple of months later, he uh, called her up, asked her out for lunch, and said, uh, "I'll let you know how your kidney's doing." Apparently, she said, uh, "No." She got ten million views out of it. So hopefully, something's you know going well in her life. Louisiana, Darwin would be proud. Uh, from the Dumbest Criminal Files, thirty-three-year-old Zandra Ellis is cooling her heels behind bars tonight. Maybe even watching us in the jail's rec room after browsing rentahitman.com. Rentahitman.com. And allegedly diving right in. Uh, the New Orleans Waffle House that you're looking at might be the last free space that Ellis roams for a while because that's where the feds grabbed her after they say she tried to hire a hitman for a thousand bucks to take out her romantic rival, a woman who was um, apparently also has a child by the same baby daddy. The trouble is, the website rentahitman.com is linked to the FBI. <laughs> a few text messages later and some bargaining over price and Ellis is now facing down Ten years. And, uh, Pete, apparently on the website, the best part in the fine print is um, a personal protection for your client, you know, for the clients, their privacy. Hitman Information Privacy and Protection Act of 1964 guarantees their privacy. And yet they fall for it every day.
3: Well, listen, Ashley, judge not lest ye be judged. <laughs> I have done a search or two in my life on the Internet looking to rent certain things. And uh, <laughs> y- You know, this woman had all the best intentions. I'm sure. And the FBI, I, I think uh, I think they have a lot to answer for. This is a real setup. The Waffle
0: yeah,
7: you
3: House think so, is she- the best part.
0: <laughs> the Waffle House. Well, she brought her baby in a stroller, apparently, allegedly, to, to make the $1,000 deal. All right, I got to uh, fit in another break. But when we come back, you're going to see a janitor uh, who definitely shouldn't be a janitor because he sings better than Steve Perry. And you're going to hear him next. To Indiana now in Davis Park Elementary School. Uh, they recently had their end-of-year talent show, which usually features the kids. But this year, the school custodian, Richard Goodall, put down the broom, picked up the mic, and it is so worth seeing. Take a look. That's right. He starts to get the standing ovation. Paula, I can see you, like, you know, hand over heart. Uh, I love he, so much. he apparently, I love it so much, he did a virtual tryout for The Voice, but didn't make the cut. What's going on there? You know what?
1: They're not always right. That's all I got to say. Every time I, I watch that video, I just hold up a metaphorical lighter, and I'm like, that's right. And then I get down <laughs> I in my karaoke position
0: it's like a full lunge. It's amazing. All right. I know the kids would do it, too, if they weren't, like, eight. All right, uh, real quick, I want to take you to Illinois for the emergency waiting room of a veterinary clinic doctor named Frank Bozekla. Love the name. Uh, he's regularly forced into the indignation of um, announcing the patients when they're ready to come in. But it's super-duper embarrassing with the pet names that people are choosing. Take a look at this.
6: We're ready for boogers.
2: Ooh, is, that, is, is there a tidy? Yeah, no, um, his name is Tiddy.
0: <laughs> um, so, Caitlin, some of the other favorites on the list, I, I'd love to get your reaction. Paul McCartney, Pika Degato, Bark Vader, Ozzy Posbourne, Sir Francis Duke of Meowington, just call me sir. Prince of Barkness, and my two favorite on the list are Neil Catrick Harris and Bark Ruffalo. <laughs> I think Bark Ruffalo is
7: my favorite because it's just so simple. I'm kind of sad I didn't name my animals something totally embarrassing because I would like to hear the vet say that. Yes. My animals have totally know, right? normal names. I mean, Cat Lisey maybe is a little cute, but
0: That's also kind of that cute. vet was... Uh- and that's very attractive. Is that just me? Uh, he's, he's easy on the eyes. Uh, Pete, I'm, I'm assuming that's what you saw in the video. Yeah, I, but
3: listen, this really sets up what I've been really troubled with since we started the segment a, a little while ago. Paula earlier admitted <laughs> she, she has a dog named Doug, and I think she has to yeah, answer that. It's true.
0: <laughs> she can't because we're out of time, guys. Thank you, Pete, Caitlin, Paula. As always, uh, thank you so much. Happy Friday! Time to turn things over to Brian Enton for News Nation tonight. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll see you Monday.
3: The fist bump scene around the world. President Biden greeting the Saudi crown prince in Jeddah. But back home, another Democrat named Joe bumped one of the presidents.